Welcome to Brand Talks, a monthly podcast about turning purpose into profit, brought to you by Feel Good Brands. I'm Sarah Harrison from the Feel Good Brands team, and today we're catching up with Rich Goldsmith from Moju to chat all things people, planet, and cold-pressed juice shots. Rich and co-founder Charlie are passionate advocates for growth of the individual, not just the business. Together, they set out to create an environment where employees can grow in a sustainable way. At Feel Good Brands, we believe business can and should be a force for good. Whether your business idea or product is improving the environment, or your focus lies in equality and the fair treatment of people, we believe that putting purpose and profit at the heart of your business is the only way to truly succeed. Our pledge to all Feel Good Brands out there is to give you the tools and insights to help you on your journey to success. In this podcast, we talk to the founders of some of our favourite Feel Good Brands as they share their stories of turning purpose into profit. Before we start, a quick thank you to Beyond, our sponsor for this episode. Beyond is a creative agency specialising in branding and communications for purpose-led businesses. Today's consumers want brands to use their power and influence for good, and the team at Beyond are experts at unlocking these brand stories and bringing them to life. Head over to thisisbeyond.co.uk to find out how they can give your business a winning advantage. So, here at Feel Good Brands, we've been super excited to welcome Rich, co-founder of Moju, onto the show. Rich gives us an honest account of how he and Charlie were inspired to ditch their jobs in finance to create a business that started in their kitchen and has grown steadily year on year since its launch in 2015. Theirs is a story of persistence and resilience and a passion for people. So pull up a chair, make yourself comfy and enjoy the episode. Hi, Rich. Great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So let's start at the beginning. You and your best mate, Charlie, founded Moju in 2015. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the backdrop against which Moju was born? What was the thinking? How did it all come about? Yeah, so it was... Uh... I guess it's a, a there's there's elements of it which are a, a a relatively classic sort of corporate corporate uh workers kind of get fed up with their corporate life and uh abandon corporate life for something more uh shiny and exciting um but it really it really started back when we met at university that was the beginning of the story i guess because we became really good mates at university um we spent a lot of time uh sort of adventuring down to the west country to go and surf um sort of we always say that uh we we love we we are surfers but we can't really surf um we are always <laughs> endeavoring to try and get a little bit better um but yeah so that's where the the relationship started and we'd actually always talked about doing something together but it, it never really materialized um or didn't materialize until obviously until 2015 but before that uh, i graduated with an engineering degree uh, went to work for a very large aerospace company down in the West Country, um, living in Bristol, um, spending my time between there and Toulouse and sort of learning, um, really learning the ropes of commercial um, commercial negotiations and contract negotiations and managing big suppliers. So that was my sort of cutting my teeth, I suppose, in the corporate 
commercial world and Charlie joined a very large insurance broking business in the city so he was he was head down there and and doing his thing and and I was down in Bristol and I moved up to London um and sort of moved into an investment banking role so my my career path has been was a little bit squiggly anyway um and I came from a as I say an an engineering background but actually more of a creative um I was a creative I guess a frustrated creative in many in in many ways um I loved to come up with I always was thinking of new ideas um and trying to bring those ideas to life and Charlie was Charlie was also equally um felt really kind of um restricted by the role that he was doing and I guess we saw a lot of in those industries we saw a lot of and in those types of companies um the types of behaviors I suppose and ways of working that we felt were super out outdated um and just didn't really chime with how we wanted to live our lives and what we wanted to do with our lives and so so starting the business was was really um a big part of that was was to create a business that we love um and that people would love working for and would have a really positive impact um in the world and so that was the first starting point and and really the idea came from just a hobby it was that we were making juice cold pressed juices um and we were finding these cold pressed juices were really good for our lifestyle because we were working long pretty long hours quite consistently we weren't probably eating as well as we should be and we thought they were these functional drinks that we could take get nutrition in super quick um and then kind of forget about it so rich in the early days were you and charlie literally crafting these juices in your kitchen i mean can you it, it it sounds awesomely kind of informal can you tell us more about the process and we also know that you're very anti the whole kind of heavy processing and bucket loads of sugar that seem to be a bit of a running theme in most mainstream juices and smoothies tell us more about those those very kind of early days yeah so it was um it was it it really was the hobby um that that we we saw in a in a cold pressed juice we saw something really functional we saw a a product that was minimally processed um because it it packed in less fruit it was lower sugar by nature or lower natural sugars um and it was obviously just packed packed full of lots of different bioflavonoids polyphenols all of the good stuff that comes out of plants but the thing is you can only capture those once you once you press the product you have to either drink it really, really quickly, um, or you have to use a processing technology that can can retain a, retain those nutrients. And generally, what happened in the market was with with juices, particularly, was using a, a technique called pasteurization, which heated the product um, and almost cooks out the nutritional value. So what you're left with is just a a load of natural sugars, basically. Um, so. That was the original insight for us was saying, well, this is a functional product. We can make it at home. We can take it into work, but it only has a two, three day shelf life. And we were doing it literally hand pressing it at home um, and turning up to work with beetroot stained hands. And people you know, must have been looking at us at the time thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but the, the, the insight was there. And that's kind of what's that's kind of what created or, or what moju then was born from and and it was born from the idea and the concept that 
you can get nutrition really, really quickly and easily, but it shouldn't it shouldn't have to compromise your long term health. So you shouldn't have to compromise on the amount of sugar that you're consuming. You shouldn't have to compromise on on the ingredients that you're consuming as part of that. So processed ingredients, preservatives, artificial flavorings, colors, um, all of these ultra processed ingredients that fundamentally compromise your health. So that was the insight. Um, Can I just ask you, Rich, just about the cold pressing? Because I just think from my point of view, cold pressing has only really kind of come into our consciousness as consumers over the last few (laughs) years. Um, so I'll now always make sure that like my olive oil and rapeseed oil and everything is, yeah. is, is cold pressed and, you know, you pay a little bit of a premium for it. Did you, did you guys understand the benefit? Did, did you guys kind of know the term cold pressing at the time or were you just doing, using kind of mechanical means in your kitchen and then you were like, Oh, that's, that's cold pressing. Well, we were, we were, um, we were looking certainly to, what solutions there were to the problem and the solution to the problem that we found were the mach- was the machinery that we could use at yeah. home um so to your point that's that's where our understanding of cold press really came about and then you obviously have oils and things like that which demand a premium because of the way that they're they're produced um which uses fundamentally the same the same ethos i suppose around how you extract the liquid from the ingredients which is big hydraulic presses now, what happened back in those what what was happening back in those days were you getting this proliferation of juice bars um, certainly coming over there was this whole trend in the US and then you had similar in the UK and you're starting to people were selling cold pressed juice out of juice bars. But for us, it again, this was something that we we saw we saw the product, we liked the product, but we couldn't afford the product in juice bars and we certainly didn't really engage with the way that it was branded or positioned. It was this kind of proper wellness warrior, um, you know, early stage of the wellness warriors, the cleanse detox programs. We've never done a cleanse or detox program. Um, and, and, but we did like it for the grab and go, the convenient nutrition. So we took the kind of the product and brought it into a much more functional space. And I guess that's what we, that that is another thing that set us apart from pretty much everyone else because everyone else set on this path of sort of talking to you know talking to a very specific audience who was interested in their health anyway um which was the wellness crowd so we were kind of the we were kind of the anti wellness crowd we were kind of the anti wellness brand at that point but you but but products that fundamentally uh were born out of that very early adopter crowd who kind of understood health and understood what these to your point understood what cold press probably meant because they'd seen it or read about it already um that is that is super super interesting just to kind of hear that hear the background so just to talk about your actual brand and the product so so the moji shots and juices are categorized into protect recover and boost um, but you've talked about the fact that 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 you're not pure sort of um, kind of wellness. Can you just tell us about that categorization and the kind of the science and nutrition side of things? Yeah, so there's quite there's quite a there's quite a bit of the journey between. I think I probably have to go back and talk about the journey between there. 
and where we've got to today. Yeah, yeah. Because where we where we were was cold press prepackaged cold cold press juices, which we took the time, which was quite unique. Again, is we took them into speciality coffee shops. That's basically where we grew the brand was in coffee shops. So we took a packaged product into into coffee shops, which didn't were either potentially producing on site or um, and it became way too expensive to do so um, because you needed the people and the material. You know, you need the raw materials and ingredients. And of course, they then perish over the day if you're not juicing enough. So we took it into that and solved the problem for the coffee shops, which was they wanted to sell a prob They wanted to sell a product to a consumer, but they couldn't do it at scale. So that's where we built the brand. Now, as as we grew, we were always looking at shots as a concept because, yeah. and initially when we first launched the brand, we wanted to do shots. When we were back in 2014, when we first started playing around with these ingredients, we were making things like ginger shots and turmeric shots, but we couldn't commercialize it at the time. We couldn't find someone to help us produce those. So it took us some time before we launched shots. But when we launched shots in 2016, they became they became really that that was the inflection point for us, where we then started to grow much more quickly as a brand. And it really distilled down. They really represented what we were about, which was function like pure function, but in a very small in a small package, low sugar, still entirely natural flavors that would really like knock you sideways because that's what we love to consume and that's what the immediate traction around things like ginger that we got when we launched that product was so clear that consumers loved the flavors and that's what they weren't getting from any other beverage in the market they weren't getting it from juices they weren't getting it from energy drinks they weren't getting it anywhere because that powerful fresh flavor can only come from a product like ours which is minimally processed and contains natural ingredients. That makes that makes sense. So, so going into the coffee shop, so you weren't necessarily competing against coffee. So you weren't you weren't wanting to kind of um, obviously the coffee shops wouldn't want a sort of cannibalisation of their yeah. of their kind of core offering. So would w- were people sort of buying a coffee to go? and and a shot or sort of interchanging those purchases yeah so they that, that's exactly probably what they were doing um and and i say probably is because it was there's obviously lots of different um um use cases but the one being is buying incrementally to their coffee so it was great for the coffee shop as well it gave them a different basically a different revenue stream um and or people would be actually replacing their coffee with that product which a lot of people consume ginger because it's actually a bit of a caffeine-free kick because it makes you feel great, and yeah. that's a bit. That's always been a mainstay of of the brand. Again, is we we want to create products that make people feel good in the moment. You can feel the effect, whether it be caffeine or not, and but one that you can continue to take and it won't compromise your long-term well-being. So it's awesome and makes you feel awesome as well. Yeah, but not. But not necessarily because it's dumping a load of sugar into your system, which yeah. is which is basically what all of the other products on the market. If you think most beverages rely on one sweet flavors and the effect of sugar on your system, which gives you obviously a huge blood sugar spike, but then inevitably you get the crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just looking at beginning in the coffee shops and then where you are today with absolutely 
awesome distribution in the major malts. How, what, what, what happened in, be, in between there? <laughs> um, what happened? I, I think the, um, the, the critical part, and it's something that gets really, it gets left on the table a lot of the time by smaller brands, and I see it quite often, is it's finding a product where you can drive um, velocity growth. And, and by that, I mean rate of sale, where you get strong rate of sale because you've created a product that and to use a technology term it's like product market fit you've got a product that is you're they're almost the product's pulling from you oh, sorry the market is pulling from yeah. you because it it's something that just consumers get really really quickly and want as part of their routine or want part of their life um on a regular on a regular basis and it's driving that and i think that's that's basically what we had quite quickly is we had strong velocities so we had strong rate of sale which allowed us to then grow and tell the right story to the to the, to the to the retailers who have been our partners throughout, and we've had strong relationships with them. And um, you know, we are, as you say, we're now listed in in some of the big multiples, and there's more to come um, for sure. Um, but it's really about that. So it's always been about um, sh- telling a great story, but also being able to back it up with here's the data, and not only the data, but this is how we interact as a brand with you and this is the information we provide and this is what we see as a longer term partnership and really beating the drum on longer term partnerships with them even though at times it can feel counting it's it's not easy because buyers rotate quickly and things like that but so you're um, constantly reforming those the relationships relationships but it's been always been really important to us and that's something we've carried from our previous uh uh i guess our previous careers um if you will, um, because we understood the value of relationships and we understood the value of delivering and saying so, saying what you're going to do and then actually doing it. And that's that's being a big factor in how we've grown the business as well. Yeah. I mean, that, that oh. consumer pull is absolutely, I mean, that's just, that's just classic, isn't it? So there, so you were, you were like listening to the market. You knew that consumers wanted the product. Um, and you, you delivered what, what they were asking for essentially. Yes. And, and, and that, and that often, they often don't know what they want until, uh, and that's the classic as well, isn't it? Is give, give consumers something they didn't even know they wanted or needed. And at the time, it was a bit of a finger in the air for us because we saw we, we were the first to launch a range of shots, functional shots into the UK market. And at the time, it's a bit of a finger in the air and you, you, you really believe in what you're doing. But it was very quick to see that there was uptake and, and that doesn't always happen. And I feel we feel very we're, we're lucky in some respects, you put yourself in a position of luck, but we are that we that we are in the category that we're in, and and we took the we we really leaned into what we really that we leaned into, and um, but I think we managed to do that through through a lot of focus as well, and being really focused on what we're about, yeah. and doing what we do really really well, better than anyone else, and that's the that's been always been critical for us as well, which is why you haven't seen us, our ranges haven't proliferated a lot. You know, um, it's why juices have become less and less relevant for us. Um, they're still really popular, but they're they're not the mainstay of our business, and they and they won't ever be. You know, we are a shop brand now. And 
there's something to be said for just being really single-minded, really, really focused and just doing a few things really, really well rather than just going out there with everything. Because I'm sure, you know, you've, Rich, you've mentioned you're, you're a creative thinker. I'm sure that you're constantly coming up with ideas and your mind is probably almost like bubbling over with new flavors and, um, and an NPD. And it, it must be tempting in a way to just go, Oh my God, let's just, let's just go crazy and let's just try this and try that. But to, 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 to stay single minded and focused is probably the key to your success. It, 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 it is, I guess. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, uh, I, I, I often, I, I read a quote once about Elon Musk. And I think of myself as a really low rent version of Elon Musk because uh, he wants he wants it's, his mind is like uh, basically a cacophony of explosions of ideas all the time. Uh, mine's mine's definitely not that severe, but um, I, it does feel like that at times. Yeah. And the the and again, it is it is a lot of it is down to uh, it, it. It is relatively basic, but it's it's about being able to take the time. I think to step back and say and it, and it really is about working that it's the old adage again of working on the business not in and stepping back and actually questioning the intention of why you're doing things yeah and looking at looking at that focus piece for sure because we could we could go launch a rate we've got our mpds as long as my arm we've got some really cool stuff in there and but that's not to say that just because we can we should um because I, I, again, it's the as a as a as a fundamentally as a first time founder, it's very easy to get distracted by the things that you then look back on in hindsight and say, why did we do that? You know, why were we why were we pursuing that when in fact you had momentum here? Just focus on moment where you've got the momentum, yeah, and really put your all into it, yeah. Um, just ju- just keep focus. Don't take your eye off the ball, and almost almost don't let yourself almost sort of indulge yourself in 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 the mpd and the and the the creative ideas that is so so interesting thanks because it's um, so much easier no, no, sorry to, to jump across yeah. but it's so much it's so much easier to indulge in the things in the things that you enjoy thinking about because it's fun yeah um, yeah but then there's the there's the 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 nuts and bolts that you've just got to look after and and really and by doing that well it then gives you the opportunity to really see things flourish as well. Because if you do too much, um, you also, for example, if you launch too many products too quickly, your your selling message to a buyer is really then complicated. And what does the buyer, the buyer is trying to understand what, what it is you're trying to sell. And then you don't give any one of your products then a, a really good go. And they don't really understand what it's there to do and how it can help them as a retailer to grow their business. So um, yeah, fo- focus is a big one. Yeah, that is excellent, excellent advice and good, um, really, really, really good common sense. Rich, we've talked a little bit about um, the sort of the beginning of your journey and why you and Charlie um, decided to to embark on this journey. But can we just talk a bit more about why you do it? So in 2018, in the startups.co.uk awards, you were named a young gun. So we know that you're a change maker. 
and that you're as passionate about your employees as you are obviously about your juice shots. You talk about being a believer in the power of collaboration and the ability of teams of people working together to bring big ideas to life, driving positive societal change. These are some really big concepts and um, big ambitions. Are you able to just unpack those for us a little bit? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it starts from, um, I think it starts from the, the genesis, as I say, was about creating a company that people would love to work for. And for me, consumer brands, consumer brands, it all starts with the people behind the brand. And that's not just the founders. That's also the people that work in the business. So it's about place. And we, we always wanted to create a, a place for people to, to grow. And a growth growth mindset for us is is a is a real key value, um, company value of of giving people the space, the tools, the encouragement, the support to grow in themselves, um, both personally and from a business perspective as well. Um, and to do that in a in a really sustainable way. So we wanted to create a brand that had staying power. Um, it wasn't going to be a flash in the pan. It wasn't driven by, it wasn't driven by fads. Um, it was driven by doing things differently as much as we could and identifying things that really solve problems. And that for us was the, the, the kind of genesis. Um, what that means today is that, you know, we are first and foremost, we're a brand that wants to fuel and support active lifestyles and active lives that is positioned in a world you know positioned in a world where modern day lives are incredibly complicated um and challenging at times and we've kind of created a a rod for our own back really as as society is we've we're we're, we're basically eating you know 50 percent of the british diet is ultra processed food um which is just a shocking shocking thing um then you have the the places in which we live so the majority of us live in in cities and those cities are then significantly under um under a, a, a basically a fog of pollution and so people are living in a, in a, in their actual environment is is fundamentally an unhealthy place to be um and then it's the lives you know and then it's how we actually structure our lives and we're working more than we've ever worked um you know now we've had the most recent events kind of thrown us all into working from home but what does that mean for the how you how you how you separate your work life from your home life and um are you working harder than ever and you know we're li we're living in a we're living in a, in quite challenging times when it comes to both physical and mental fitness basically and so we wanted to first and foremost help help support lives um that are under those kind of conditions and help people and also just inspire people really to 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 go out there and and grab life as well because and do it in a really, really positive way. So another one of our pillars, you know, brand pillars is we're just incredibly positive how we approach things. Um, you, you won't hear us naysaying or being negative or that's just not us as a brand. We want people to go out and grasp, you know, the very best of what life has to offer. Um, 
and and try and and try and help in that journey as well so it's never just been about the drinks it's 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 about everything outside of that as well and you know who are we supporting how are we supporting them um so that's that's what i as a brand that's what we're looking to do is is predominantly around is around human you know human health performance as well helping people to perform and to their best at their best um and then we've also got the other elements of the company which are you know of course we've built something i'm just about a millennial don't know whether i think <laughs> um just about um teetering on the edge maybe as i don't know how just about snuck in as a young gun as well so <laughs> you know we built a company in an age where you build you build sustainability for example it's just a conscious thought we have every single day that's built into the very fabric of the company we're building something from the ground up so you've got the opportunity to create something that you know where where it's not you're not retrofitting you're not reverse engineering things into our company you're doing it from the ground up so when it comes to things like sustainability, it's a it's a conscious thing. We're making conscious decisions every day about what suppliers we use, you know. Um, but for all elements of the company, um, you know, our utilities. How do we how do we from a carbon from a carbon emissions perspective, from a recycling perspective of our office waste? It's everything gets considered. This podcast is brought to you by Feelgood Brands. And we wanted to let you know that in addition to our regular flow of insight-led blog posts and feel-good market reports, we've got some exciting events and initiatives planned for this year. We're passionate about empowering and accelerating brands that are making a difference. So if you'd like to join our community of founders and business leaders, just head over to feelgoodbrands.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll keep you posted on all that you need to know. How are you supporting your staff with these kind of new working from home <laughs> sort of scenario yeah. that we find ourselves in? Because um, mental well, well-being and, and mental health, you know, there's a lot of discussion about that during these uh, tricky times at the moment. Yeah, so, so our our immediate our immediate um, our immediate approach was to to almost over communicate. Um, and that brought with it its challenges as well, but but we felt it was important to have the dialogue, so so to be over communicating both from a leadership perspective to to the rest of the team, and also from a one on one coaching perspective, because that's how we're set up. Is each person in the company has a coach within the company, and they have a one to one session each week, and all those coaching sessions should always um, should always have an element of you know how are you doing aside from you know what's you know what what's going on work wise it's also like how are you doing and so it was all the over communication at the start i think as we've gone on we've started to just figure out how to work from home more effectively and to to provide people more space as we say to to structure their day so they don't feel like they're just working all the time but we're not perfect and we're working on it and we're trying to get people to a place to take more control individually. It doesn't matter where you where you are in the company. Everyone's got the ability to to time block their day. And so, for example, so we're starting to use time blocking. We did do before, but we're now starting to suggest ways to do it. And I think there is this there is almost when you're working fully at home, 
there's a responsibility of the organization to almost kind of communicate how people should be working from a time blocking perspective, um, which you don't normally get in an office environment because it would be a bit strange if you're, you know, if people were walking over to people's desks and saying, you shouldn't be talking, you should be time blocking right now and not, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. It seems yeah. like authoritarian, but in a work from home environment to say, this is the time in the day that you guys shouldn't be emailing each other or should be off Slack. So we're going to start looking at those because I think yeah. that will allow us to it will give people more structure at home and, and give I them think, the space. I think we need it because there's this temptation to just, you know, you you kind of you're up in the morning making your cup of tea, grabbing your shot and on Slack at like kind of half six or, or, or seven o'clock in the morning. And, and there's, and there's also, an, there, there isn't really an off switch at the end of the day either. So I'm trying to like schedule, I uh, actually just using like Gmail to, to kind of schedule emails. Like I might write it at five o'clock in the morning, but that's up to me if, if I want to be kind of getting up yeah. then, but I just don't want other yeah. people to expect that they're needing to respond during, yeah. during crazy hours. Um, so I think we're all on a bit of a learning curve and we're all trying to get into our groove on it, but you guys feel like you're, like you're on the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've, um, we, we're definitely on the path, but, um, you know that there's there's some brilliant there's some brilliant material out there as well that you can you know i i it's an expression a mate of mine used recently but the, the beauty of today is it's like everything's like an open book exam you've got all the resources you need as yeah. a business leader um as as an employee you've got all the resources you need you know so so go there's nothing stopping and as i say there's lots of great resources when it comes from working from home so i've read some brilliant brilliant articles i've read a lot of the 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 really not very helpful stuff which is people talking about their own personal work from home routine and getting up and you know they get up at six every morning and by the by the time they hit their desk at seven they've already done a marathon and da, 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 da. it's yeah, you know yeah. it's some really unhelpful people stuff are well. properly indulging themselves to the world yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's great because there are some there are some people like that who who can do that but not everyone is is you know built that way and so but there is some great there are some great resources out there um so we've been trying to just pick and choose that that's what we do a lot of as well we do a lot of reading and we just we kind of cherry pick what we feel is the best approach and um so when it came to when it also comes to the guys in the team we did yes we identified that the mental well-being part of this was really in incredible even more important than ever and we had already been contemplating um bringing a therapy-based solution into the business and it took us till covid to actually press the button on it which is actually from my perspective i wish we had done it before but it was just one of those things that we had yeah. planned that didn't quite happen um, but but if COVID has done anything, I think it's pushed us all into doing things that probably we were sat on for too long. Or um, so we've introduced something called Spill, which has been, which I have to say has been brilliant. Um, it's a, it's an app, but it integrates with Slack. Um, it gives people an immediate um, if they want to talk to someone by message, you know, they can message a therapist pretty much instantaneously, wow. and the, the i'm a huge huge believer in a massive believer in um 
you know, physical fitness, we work on our physical fitness, um, but how much are we working on our mental fitness? You know, you'll go to the gym to work on your physical fitness, but what are you doing mentally as well? So I think it's really important and people are given, again, they're given the forum and the opportunity to do that. And I, and it's particularly important at the moment, obviously, um, where the pressure is so much greater on individuals um, because of the environments that we're tending to having to work and live in and have our leisure time in and things like that at the moment. There's a lot of crossover, isn't there? Can Can I just yeah. ask you quickly about Spill? I'm going to um, check them out after after the recording. Yeah. So, is that are they a um, is that like an independent therapist? who very much sits outside of the organization and it's all confidential yeah yeah Yeah. so they're they're a um they are a tech enabled therapy business um interesting and it was established set up by um my understanding is one of the founders or the founder was uh both his parents were psychologists um and he's he identified the need for the 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 kind of the, the the ability for employees to quickly access the therapy if they need to um and we've with we rolled it out and we know i know within the organization people have already company have already utilized it and are getting huge value from it and it's not a huge expense um a, a from a monetary perspective it's a subscription, like a subscription yeah, model. yeah. Okay. per employee and so it's not a huge expense um and from a from a you know just looking at it on a on a on a PL, you would look at it and someone would identify and even there it doesn't look like a huge expense and then actually when you start to when you think of it in terms of pink people's mental fitness and well-being you're like it's cheap as chips yeah. you know yeah um and for us it's just always been really important again when we're, we're not perfect we don't get things right all the time but it's about trying to make as much progress as we can, as often as we can, against these kind of core core values of helping people grow um, and helping people be happy as well. Because it's another it's another key challenge, as we say, in, in modern modern life. For whatever reason, and it's a whole different topic, right? In terms of why people are feeling the way that they are. Um, but we need to try and do what we can to make them feel great about themselves and what they're doing and, and, and the purpose that they have in their, in their daily role. And a lot of, a lot of that is we also see as being a really, you know, active action, you know, it's all action orientated with us, like get out and get after it because that kind of approach to life is, you know, we touched on it before the recording, but I'm a big believer in those types of those, that, that mindset of, of going after and getting after what is you know can be a really wonderful life and you're always going to have there's life is always going to throw a load of crap your way just how it goes we just got to dodge the crap and deal with it yeah yeah and that that happens you you learn you've just got to learn to roll with the punches and that's so building that resilience as well and we're big on that and that's something that we've all been forced into through covid as well right which is is building it, it, it is building resilience, but also that kind of chronic stress and that chronic and also cause some really long term damage. And that's what we're yet to see, which is the long term effects of what's gone on in the last few months. Yeah, uh, I think especially 
almost within the kind of the the pre worker generation um yeah i mean i've got i've got a 9 year old and a 13 year old and just from a kind of relationship development point of view for them and then and then when they're kind of entering the workplace how how it's going to be so yeah that's probably a whole nother uh, podcast discussion and topic but you guys are doing awesome things for your people i guess uh, ultimately happy people are productive people as well so um in terms of inside work and outside of work so you you guys are doing great things so we've just talked about people i'd love to just talk to you about planet um as well you've talked about sustainability rich um in terms of like the kind of in the in the production process and you're always looking at better ways to do things um you are a steering committee member of one percent for the planet um we'd love to know more about that and you also support trees for cities so we recently had elliot code from offset earth on the show talking about the importance of planting trees awesome guy doing amazing stuff um so tell us about your um planet initiatives as well please yeah so so as a business we we've been a member of one percent for the planet since 2017 end of 2016 um, 1% for the planet is a community of companies um, that commit 1% of their revenue to environmental impact causes. Um, that's revenue, not profit. So that is top line. It's a sig- significant commitment for many, yeah. many businesses and, and particularly for early stage companies as well. Um, but that's what we wanted. We felt we wanted to do. And we're quite pragmatic. We understand, you know, we are a we're a beverage company. We sell packaged goods. Those packaged goods are in plastic. We're not perfect by again any stretch. Um, but we also recognize that if you want to sell products to consumers, you are going to have a negative impact on the planet. That's just the nature by by definition. So we felt but we 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 want to have a positive impact in in as many ways as we can, as I said primarily around people's health and how they perform and helping them to perform and get the most out of life so therefore we need to do something that demonstrates not just demonstrates but again is action orientated around our impact on the planet so one percent for us was a great thing to be a part of because it's commitment it's a it's a it's a monetary commitment and alongside the monetary commitment is also us putting that into action so as a company as a team we always wherever we're committing our funds to we will go and support that organization as well in person physically and that was a big part for us um so we and and one percent for us as well represented i'm a big believer in this community aspect and people coming together to drive bigger change and the fact that you've now got it's a global community that's that's um that's committed more than 250 million dollars to environmental impact causes um since its inception it was set up by yvonne chenard who's the founder of patagonia um, and a good friend of his so since it was set up you know to be able to deliver that much in terms of environmental impact, it's actually just a drop in the ocean, but it shows you what can be done by a community of brands that otherwise wouldn't be happening. So 
it's uh, it's a great organization. I, I do urge anyone who runs a business in the UK to check it out. It it allows you to be part of a community. You can choose where your 1% commitment goes. You can go to any environmental charity that you choose. Um, there's a list of charities that are already members, but if you if you have one that isn't currently a, a non-profit member of 1%, you can recommend them. Um, and it allows you then to direct, as we said, direct your financial resources to something that really you really are passionate about as an organization and for us that's uh, air pollution so it's about urban cities urban environments where most of us live and the impact that air pollution is having on the health of people in those communities um and that's why we work trees for cities so um it's about you know there's the carbon offsetting which is a huge thing which is fascinating to see how it's done um, at scale and the challenge is doing it at scale. Um, yeah. And there's obviously been more recent big commitments to planting of, you know, trees on mass by, you know, very high profile people. And long may that continue. You were going to. No, I was just going to say, so that that is obviously the carbon offset piece is is really, really important. But your focus is very much on clean air for human beings living in those cities yeah 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 no that makes that makes sense so so not to say that we don't we're we're climate change is a hugely important issue it's the most exponential threat to the human race in my view so it's the biggest issue but what could we do or what do we what are we passionate about and we say we're passionate about people being out and active and you can't do that in a city or you can but it seems completely undermines everything if you're doing that in an environment which is which is detrimental to your health um and that's unfortunately the case for most of us living in cities across the uk so that's our that's what we want to try and help with to 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 clean up the, the air in the cities and and we're not going to do that alone but hopefully by throwing a bit of light on the subject and talking about it more um and taking action where we can, then we can have an impact. And just raise it up the agenda. I love your passion for people. It's just, it's so, it's so cool, Rich. Um, just a couple of final questions. I'd love to just get your, get your thoughts on. So, um, just quickly onto brand, if we can. So, um, when I'm yeah. not interviewing really awesome founders, uh, like yourself, um, my day job is working for creative brand agency beyond. So I appreciate the power of brand. Um, and I know that you guys kind of set out, obviously, um, cooking up the, the cold press shops in your kitchen, selling at local markets and festivals. How else did you gain? brand awareness for Moju in those in those early days? Um, was it all the kind of face-to-face -face interaction or were you using social or a combination of all of the above? Yeah, we we uh we predominantly physical one-to-one -one in or, or in real life. That's where our comfort zone was. We we love as well you kind of touched on it. It was like that interaction that is that's what we loved and that engagement with people. Um, so most of it was through that. Um, so just and, to cut in, were you sampling or were you actually selling the shots or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. So so the it comes back to some quite um, 
there's a brilliant book by a guy called Byron Sharp, which I don't know whether you've read, but um, it's it's How Brands Grow, I think is the title. Um, and that's been a go-to for me because I was, I was you know, engineer, uh, banking guy turned marketeer turned product guy. And so for me, I had to, you know, I had to do a lot of reading on the subject of, and, and marketing, there are some fundamental principles to marketing. And one of those or two of those is mental, mental and physical availability. So, and Byron Sharp talks about this and it, it's the, the book is, yes, it's flawed in some respects because it, it talks about much more established companies. Um, but the fundamentals, if you believe in, if you believe, um, which I certainly believe in the fundamentals of mental and physical availability. So when translated to us, that meant our product had to be visible and available to buy where our target audience were. And that for us was coffee shops. Yeah. Um, in a in a almost um, in an almost captive environment where you didn't have lots of other competition, so we didn't have other at the well for us we're still very very dominant in the shop category in the UK, so we still don't have a huge amount of competition. But cert, that's in grocers where you have just lots of other competition, which is or deemed as competition, I wouldn't even call it competition. I'd say just alternatives. There's just a myriad of things that a consumer could purchase. In a captive environment like a coffee shop, there's less options. So that's one, that's how we built it there. And then sort of mental availability, yes, it's elements of social, but we've never been huge on social on social media. It's it's build, it's always been building for us and it's always been about slow community build through social media. Um and interacting with people one-to-one on sort of whether it be through DMs or whatever it may be, but just being really, really on top of that side. So it's really, we take a lot of care. Um, but it's never been about drive, you know, never been about trying to drive follower growth and just trying to, to increase the optics of making it look like a brand that is super popular. Yeah, It's about building proper community. And um, genuine engagement. And genuine engagement. Um, so that's more more about the mental availability, I guess. Um, and it's hard to achieve as a small brand that piece, and so is the physical availability. But they're the two. It's a two. It's a two pronged thing, really. Um, and so we we also then were, you know, we we attended events. The festivals were great. We got our product out in front of lots of people, and it was in the right environment because it was a music music festivals where people were typically feeling pretty rough around the edges the next like day after a little pick day me one up. yeah exactly um so it was the right it was the right spot for it but a big a big part of it as as i've said before is is having a great product with um having a great product with a brand that people can engage with easily and kind of come on board with and feel like they can be part of a a brand and part of a community um it doesn't have to be rammed down their throats you know it's it's it can be you know we built quite slowly as well this isn't this is, hasn't been for us a it's a five-year journey but we're still building and that's how we're treating it as i said we're we're up we're we want to be we're, you know it's an ever it's about being an evergreen brand for us so it's not about suddenly being super popular and then dying away it's about building slowly but surely um in the right way that makes that makes really good sense and so does everything that you say about 
community um and and the kind of slow sort of controlled growth that um yeah. that may, that makes good sense um so just a couple of final questions so many of our listeners are where you and charlie were back in 2015 so they have a really awesome idea or an idea for a product or a service they're ready to launch and they and they they tune into the podcast to basically hear how um founders have had similar challenges and have overcome challenges so what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them i mean you've obviously mentioned um the the marketing side of things you had to kind of throw yourself headfirst into um in, into marketing because you came from more yeah. engineering and finance background you're ultimately a consumer though so you know, yeah. we, we all are, that so helps. we all have that, have that knowledge. So what were some, a couple of your big challenges? Um, the, big, the biggest challenges really are um, when you, depends on how you build your business as well and what you're building it for. So um, have you got scale ambitions for scale? And by that, I mean, you can build two very different businesses. If you're, if you're, if your brand and your business is something that you want to build as a craft real artisan craft um, you know um producer and i'm talking very much fmcg here because it's it's kind of what i know so um you can build that business in in, a, in one way and everything about how that business is structured um won't make it necessarily the right business to then try and scale so if you want if you've got scale ambitions and like us you thought we always wanted to go real main build a mainstream brand that could appeal to lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds um that was all always our ambition so you have to structure the business in that way and um, whereas you could as i say build it for like craft artisan and farmers markets and small delis and boutiques is kind of where you want to be and that's fine um but it, it it's identifying what you want to be first yeah like yeah. really really be honest with yourself what you want to be and if and if and if scale is your if scale is your thing and you think this is what we want to do we want to have a big impact at, at large scale the reality is there's some some really quite significant realities about that about the sacrifices you'll have to make to get there and um so along the way that you know those sacrifices um there there will be I I, tr I talk about it um, like uh, the gears on a bike. So you're on a really tough gear on your bike and you're sort of trying to, that for me is the early stage of a startup because you're trying to get inertia and you're trying to build inertia and then it's, it slowly becomes easier and easier. Um, it never becomes easy, um, but it, those early days are hard. They're really hard going. And so in order to, but the key, the key, I guess, um, the key things to have there or, or the key characteristics are, you know, persistence, resilience. Um, so there's no one thing that's, you know, stood out as being really hard, but it's certainly a multitude of things. It's it's every single day you'll get hit with something new and you're like, crikey, I didn't even realise I did, I'd have this many things go wrong. Did not uh, see that coming. And then you overcome one and then you're hit with a, with another exactly. issue. So it, it is a really, it's a very, it's a very, it's a hugely satisfying journey, but it's also a really, really tough one. So, um, and and I don't believe there's any shortcut. 
you know um there is no shortcut so you have to almost you have to almost embrace that and be prepared um but i'd say i'd say that coming back to the point around toughest i guess the biggest challenges is is once you've determined what you want to build and how you build it then you understand then you've got to determine how do you fund how do you fund that and you've got growth companies that will fund themselves through external capital um or you'll get the odd massive outlier which are the ones that never take on external external capital bootstrap themselves all the way through own 100% of the business and end up with this huge business but that is very very A few rarity. and far between mm-hmm. so the mo- moment you bring external capital in you've then got obligations to people that have stumped up often individuals angels who have stumped up their hard earned money to help you live your dream or like pursue your dream so and then so you're you, answerable you, to those guys or yeah girls. and quite yeah and exactly and quite hopefully more girls um because there's not enough of those around at the moment um, in the investment community so um but you are you are you're obligated that and that's how i've always seen it we we the moment we did that because the people that charlie and i are we took that like we spent that money like it was our own money and like everyone should but we did like they should but we we felt because of the people we are that we had to really look after where we spent that money and be very diligent. Yeah. And at times that meant that's meant we've gone slower in some respects, but again, we had the right product, the right brand. So we've still grown quickly, but, and we've done that without a huge amount of capital invested. Um, but it's because, because we were really, really, we felt like we had to look after it like it was our own. So you were using that money kind of with, with great care and yeah. and thought but it brings with it it brings with it, it comes back to that point it brings with it the pressure the pressure of having others that you have to be mindful of and then also thinking that you're having to work to potentially other timelines and timetables that you wouldn't otherwise work to and yeah. um, not that we've ever felt pressured directly in that regard but you there's just a general sense that you need to because you've taken growth capital on you need to grow it's not um, necessarily them putting direct pressure on you. It's no. probably the pressure that you, it's self-imposed pressure, isn't it? Yeah. You're putting that pressure on yourselves, yeah. which is a good thing, linking back yeah. to the, the the diligence and the care. Yeah. Um, Rich, thank you so much um, for no for just painting the well, uh, describing the journey and and the and the picture and and where you guys came from. Um, can I just ask you one final final question? just um yep. with regards to how the future for moju uh looks um it looks very bright and shiny from from my perspective um that we always feel good brands we always love an exclusive have you got any exciting things in the pipeline that you can share with us before we finish um, today wow um we've got um we've got i, I guess we've just just relaunched um the brand in terms of visual identity which has been really exciting for us um and been really well received so far yeah yeah it's been really well received um it was it was a real evolution for us as a brand and and refinement as well and it's the other thing i'll say i'm slightly off topic but is you don't know what you are immediately you find a figure out over the time over time and Mm -hmm. same with brands same brands are the same as 
same as people you change and you develop and you know the person you were five years ago might not be the person you are today so we've kind of grown over time and developed and we're now in a really happy place as to where we are um and we feel like we've got you know our value proposition is so strong for consumers particularly particularly since since the last few months you know what they've done is just intensified the trends that were happening before anyway so it many trends and one of those trends was you know people looking after looking to look after themselves more and understanding that the benefit of of obviously trying to support their immunity trying to treat themselves in a way and look after their fitness as well so they're in they're basically trying to improve it's self-care really for want of a better word self-care is definitely been um i think sort of sent into overdrive in a good way because of covid but hopefully be when we're out the other side of this hopefully self-care will continue to be a priority for everyone both from a physical and mental point of view definitely definitely and and you know the the benefits to society of that are absolutely enormous um because uh you know it's 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 really quite clear that we've not been getting it right despite all of the marketing messages and all the products out there that have purported to make us healthier um over the last few decades they've They've not not been working it's not worked and so it it takes for something like this to kick us into hopefully a greater sense of awareness around around that stuff so yeah it's certainly intensified so our value proposition is stronger than ever you know we've got um we've got a portfolio of products that can certainly help with immune function um energy as well how do you energize yourself whether that be through caffeine non-caffeine um so that's that's all been really exciting. We we've just launched a vitamin D shot as well, which which was a year in development. And I mean, um, you know, how relevant has vitamin D become in recent months? So that's, <laughs> thank that's God for us. the sunshine. I know. And um, but that product's that product is again completely distinct in market. It's, there's nothing like it. It's a plant-based version of D3 in a in from from, as I say, plant sources, a sustainably sourced um, seaweed and, um, as the source of the D3, which is quite unusual. D3 normally comes from animal sources. Um, and so we've just launched that. That's That's been the, 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 well, basically the feedback's been awesome on that as well. So we're then moving into a winter period, as I say, which is going to be really significant um, for all of us in society. So as a brand, how do we best support people um you know with their with their nutrition needs um so we're really just gearing up towards that um so there's nothing there's nothing major in terms of products you'll have to wait till uh next early next spring is the next product release um we will i can sort of allude to yeah exciting times we will we will keep our um we'll keep our eyes uh firmly pinned on moju rich thank you so much for chatting to us today it's been so good to meet you um thank you for sharing all that you've shared and we wish you and the moju team the very brightest of futures 